0: on this episode of The Jason Wright Show.
1: The Human Performance Center was created for the sole purpose of continuing the journey through the Christus process. So let me kind of touch base on that. So sometimes if uh, John Doe, who is an athlete or the general population, comes into our orthopedic center um, on Broadway in Cumberland, uh, sees a physician and then probably is assigned physical therapy. And then once that insurance is up where they give them anywhere between 10 to 12 sessions is over, then they probably have an opportunity to go and work with our bridge program, which goes through sports medicine, which is bridging the gap between physical therapy and on-field performance or just life performance if you're in a general population. But then, then the question remains, well, what do I do now? Do, uh, you know, do I go to a certain gym or do I go to a certain uh, area? You know, the, the questions remain at that point in time is where do I go from here?
0: Hey, folks, welcome to the Jason Wright Show. I am so glad. All right, let me back up a little bit. So, first of all, Brian, well, welcome, dude. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show. I'm glad to have you, man.
1: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, all right, so I get in contact through a mutual friend with uh, Brian Thompson the other day, and... Um, I got to I got to go tour one of the most amazing facilities I've seen in a minute, dude. And of course, for, for a guy like me who is obsessed with health and wellness and, you know, the whole improve always and always everything, dude, I was like a kid in a candy store whenever <laughs> I saw the Christus uh, Human Performance Center and the whole facility you've got there. And so first and foremost, we just, I want to make sure that we talk about that. But here's the cool thing, dude. I want to start out with, you know, give your, your official title. Like I said, I will bungle it. If I try to, but also I want to talk about your background and how you arrived at Christus as a strength and conditioning coach, as a practitioner of the science side of sport, which I think is very important. I really want to touch upon today. That's kind of the stuff that I've really enjoyed geeking out on recently, and I think that's kind of like you and I discussed last week. I think more and more people. Are especially guys like me who are getting older are looking at the science side of health and wellness and fitness. It's not just enough, you know, you do leg day and, you know, back day and arm day, and then, you know, maybe you get on a treadmill and run for a little while. Uh, It's much more scientific than that as it relates to longevity, weekend warrior training all of it and so i want to talk about that and then uh, and then we've got something really cool coming up right here in tyler at your facility with uh with a legend in speed and agility training in tom shaw coming on so we got to talk about that so dude the bottom line is we got a lot to cover and i i'm, I'm here for it brother
1: Thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it, Jason. Absolutely.
0: All right, so let's start here. Let, give your background. Give Again, give that amazing title of all the things because you wear several hats at, uh, at Christus. And then let's get into what you guys are doing at the center and some of the things that you want this audience to know that are available to them. So with that, take it away, brother.
1: All right, thank you so much. Well, my official title at Christus Trinity Mother Francis is, uh, first of all, everybody, my name is Brian Thompson. I'm the administration director for sports medicine, health and fitness, sleep labs, and human performance at Christus Trinity Mother Francis Hospital. Basically what that means is when it comes to sports medicine, I oversee all operations of the athletic trainer outreach program, which started in 1996 by Ray Thompson. Um, health and fitness, we have uh, five different fitness centers all throughout East Texas that are connected to our clinics. That's a preventative uh, medicine uh, initiative created uh, by Trinity Mother Frances a long time ago before we merged with Christus, and I'm very proud of that department as well. Um, I also got involved with the sleep labs about three years ago, which is something that I'm actually secretly very passionate about because I've always been a big believer that sleep is the number one recovery protocol. For For the general population, for patients of a hospital, and most of all, I mean, even athletes. Athletes have to know how to sleep correctly in order to be able to recover from the trauma of their training and protocols of their sports. And then when it comes to human performance, now I could go on for this entire podcast about what we do in human performance, but it's about making sure that we are with you for the complete journey. A hospital system is based on seeing a provider, then go into physical therapy if need be, then bridging the gap through our bridge program, but then continuing the journey forever uh, through our human performance program. Now, um, you asked me a minute ago to kind of give a little bit of background on me. So, um, I grew up here in Tyler, Texas, and, uh, I went to Tyler Lee high school, which is now Tyler legacy. And, um, I'm still, to this day, a huge fan of that high school. I got so much of who I am today, uh, where my career has gone, was based on the experiences that I had in high school. Um, I had a vision ever since seventh grade when I scored my first touchdown with pneumonia. Uh, that is a true story, actually. And I promise you, you can uh, get me on that one all you want here in just a <laughs> few But ever since that dedicated myself to football. So that's where I was introduced to physical training, to sprint training and speed work and things of that kind of nature. I just wanted to do everything I could with zero regrets to try to get myself to make it to a division one football school and then possibly make it to the NFL. So I already, so I started studying, becoming a strength coach when I was in high school. Yeah. And as uh, lucky as, and as luck would have it, I made it to Texas A&M University on a full scholarship to play inside linebacker. Unfortunately, I uh, had a lower back injury that took me out of that running, so I dedicated myself to biomechanics, kinesiology, and uh, strength training and became a veteran strength coach. And, you know, as time went forward, I ended up becoming a hospital administrator here at Christus for the last six years.
0: So when were you at Lee? Did you play with Matt Flynn or are you younger than Matt?
1: I did not. I'm actually older than Matt. Older, okay. a freshman when I was a senior. Okay. I have a funny story. Uh, One of the greatest honors I ever had was when uh, Matt's quarterback, Coach Dow Wynn, retired, a letter to Coach Wynn saying, in so many words, I'm just happy I didn't get up there with uh, Brian Thompson threatening to rip my head off or something like that. So uh, Matt, if you ever do uh, listen to this, I apologize, but because uh, Matt was such an inspiration to all of East Texas, but um, I always thought that Matt Flynn was a phenomenal inspiration to this community and for that school. But I was older than Matt Flynn.
0: Okay, okay, I couldn't I couldn't remember exactly where he fell in there. And you know, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about now, Tyler Legacy, dude. Y'all, uh, y'all put out some uh, incredible athletes for sure. You know, we in Sulphur Springs, we started playing you guys. Or, or, let me rephrase: We started letting you guys beat up on us in non-district play, I guess, I think maybe my senior year, okay. uh, I think. And then, and after that, so, and it was always just, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was quite the experience, but always a good program, man. And so, so now tell me a little bit, and, and I want to get kind of the, the advertisement out of the way real quick, because you guys have something really cool coming up and I want people to know a couple things. You mentioned something there Brian, that I think is very important, it is that as part of a hospital system, you're wanting to keep people healthy before they actually have to come see you. A lot of people think that, well, everything that has to do with the hospital, because they know the mothership, right? They know the treating Mother Francis now Christus. They know that, that it's a hospital and with clinics that you go for rehab and all that. But they probably don't understand that you don't have to be a patient to actually uh, take advantage of, especially the sports medicine portion that you're running, and then also some of the things that you guys are doing outside, like the upcoming speed clinic I'd like you to touch on. So talk about some of the programs that you guys are doing for the the athletes, both young and older, and then let's just move that into the speed clinic you got coming up because that's a pretty big deal for around here, dude.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the programs that we offer at the Human Performance Center um, – The Human Performance Center was created for the sole purpose of continuing the journey through the Christus process. So let me kind of touch base on that. So sometimes if uh, John Doe, who is an athlete or the general population, comes into our orthopedic center um, on Broadway in Cumberland, uh, sees a physician, and then probably is assigned physical therapy. And then once that insurance is up where they give them anywhere between 10 to 12 sessions is over, then they probably have an opportunity to go and work with our bridge program, which goes through sports medicine, which is bridging the gap between physical therapy and on-field performance or just life performance if you're a general population. But then, then the question remains, well, what do I do now? Uh, you know, do I go to a certain gym or do I go to a certain uh, area? You know, the, the questions remain at that point in time is where do I go from here? And Christus and myself, what my goal was, was to answer that question once they are finished. And the answer to that is our Human Performance Center. So we have our Jump Start program, which is a youth program which teaches young kids how to move properly from a motor behavior pattern but making it fun but at the same time, they are learning how to use their bodies in the proper ways. As a young kid, they're learning how to run. They're learning how to do proper just movements. But everything is fun, so their concentration remains where it needs to be. And then we have a development program, which kind of moves into more of the middle school aspect of it, which means that we start bringing in a little bit more strength training. It gets a tiny bit more intense. But at the same time, it's all about structural balance and motor behavior and teaching kids um, at that age how to move better and then after that you've got your advanced program which is based on high school Uh, again it can be an athlete or it can just be any kid that just that comes through here that just wants to be in shape but the primary purpose of the advanced program is getting high school athletes to to enhance their performance in whatever sport they play male or female it does not matter so um, that is the purpose of our advanced program that's when it becomes more about performance enhancement and also technique prep. We're not right. going to make an athlete do something that they are not ready for. They have to be structurally balanced before they can move on to an advanced lifting perspective. And then after that, we have an elite program, which is a uh, college level to professional level to uh, professional recreation, like uh, the Boston marathon or professional triathlons and things of that nature. And all of those programs are something that we are so proud of and so proud that we can offer this to the East Texas community. Now, one of the misconceptions is because we're located in a hospital that you have to have a doctor's referral or you have to be through PT in order to be able to come in and use our human performance center. Now, we are not a regular fitness center where you can just come in with a key fob and come in with a membership and just come in and work out at your own leisure. We believe that science is our our science is results, which that you've got to, that when you come in, you're going to be under the tutelage of a professional strength coach. We have three on staff at this moment in time, Ryan Dupre, Bryce Tomlin, and Taylor Knox, all three are professional strength coaches. And, uh, they will work with you in any way that they, that they can. And, um, it all begins with our structural balance assessment, which I'll touch on here in just a little while. But, uh, Jason, like you said, though, to kind of lead in from the programs, I'll lead in now, though, to another opportunity that's coming in. But we have partnered with one of the greatest strength coaches that America has ever seen before, which is Coach Tom Shaw. Coach Shaw was a, was a former strength coach for um, Florida State, he was also the former strength coach for the new orleans saints he was also the strength coach for the dynasty new england patriots when they uh, during their big super bowl runs when tom brady was there and uh, tom brady has stated on multiple accounts that tom brady that uh, excuse me that tom shaw is the best speed uh, speed and strength coach in the business okay. and so tom has been looking for many years to merge with something like a hospital organization, but he just never could find somebody who really kind of fit his values or kind of fit his goals. Yeah. Well, I Coach Shaw for about a year. I worked, I uh, ran his program. Uh, personally, I did his program when I was in high school, worked for him for about uh, six months in Orlando, Florida, and as luck would have it, he has partnered with Chris, Trinity Mother Francis Human Performance Center, and we are now officially going to kind of release and announce his program at our Speed Clinic coming up this Saturday um, out at Tyler Legacy High School from 8 o'clock in the morning until about, you know, 1 or 2 o'clock, depending on the educational protocols. But we are so excited to have him become a part of this. Now, uh, I know I'm probably speaking a lot about Coach Shaw right now, but the cool thing is, though, is that he is uh, he has worked with uh, personally with Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys, the Khalil Mack, uh, famous linebacker from the Chicago Bears, now for the LA Rams. Also, Derek Henry from the Tennessee Titans is one of his primary clients, and uh, he has just worked with the best of the best in the NFL. And he has consistently put up the number one times at the NFL Combine for thirty years. So we just could not be more excited about this speed clinic and giving these kids, these athletes and these parents the opportunity to be trained by, by the best in this industry.
0: And how can people find out how can they register and how late do they have to register? I know it's this Saturday, so how late can they sign up?
1: Uh, You can sign up simply by going to eventbrite.com and just type in Christus Speed Clinic. It'll take you right up to it, and uh, you can sign up right there. Or you can call the Human Performance Center at 903-606-8855, and uh, one of our strength coaches or our unit secretary can sign you up right there over the phone. There is a small fee of $20 to be able to participate, and um, let's see. Right now, those are kind of the. There's also uh, flyers that have been going out to all of our local schools that we represent, and uh, there's a lot of them around town. If you have a flyer for the Speed Clinic, there is a QR code that'll take you right to Eventbrite. But my advice would be just to go to Eventbrite.com, type in Christus Speed Clinic, and you can sign up right there.
0: All right, awesome, great opportunity for athletes all over East Texas to be able to come take advantage of this. Now, now I'm going to tap into your background as a strength and conditioning coach. Let's just say, like, I, okay, when I was in high school, I was a pretty fast white boy. You know, I, I, uh, I ran a, uh, my best time ever was a 445 in the 40. So, if, so let's say, and of course, that was back in the day. I mean, I'm old, right? So, back in the day, I go, well, I'm, I'm fast, Brian. I don't need any strength or agility coaching. You know, how are you going to actually make me faster? So, for the athlete that's actually listening to this, how important and how much can an athlete move the needle? Not just from a performance perspective of, okay, take that four four five to a 4-4, four, four, you know, an actual, you know, shave some time off, but also injury reduction, you know, better form, that just all, you know, do I really need that if I'm just naturally gifted as an athlete? You know, talk to some of the, the actual science behind actually getting some science behind the training that you're doing.
1: The thing that you need to understand, this is a quote that I've learned many years ago. And also, I was never a naturally gifted athlete. I was always a good athlete, but I was a never naturally gifted athlete. And one of the things that I realized, because I was so passionate about making it to a Division I university, and I was so passionate about football, I wanted to do whatever it took to enhance my game and get to that level. And the only way I knew how to do it was to learn how to get faster? So, what I have always lived by when it comes to strength and conditioning, specifically speed training, speed is a learned skill and it must be practiced year-round. Because let's take the hang clean for example. If you're so good at a hang clean in the weight room and you're doing it and you're throwing around a lot of weight, and then all of a sudden day you wake, then all of a sudden one day you wake up and your and your lumbar spine or your lower back is hurting. Well, then that means that something is wrong. Well, that's a weight room. Why would you not put the same kind of idea into a sprint? For me, I was always asking myself, how can I get faster? I mean, I just can't get past the 5 140 time. So I started educating myself on proper start technique i started breaking apart the 40 yard dash from zero yards to 10 yards which is the power phase of a sprint of the 40 yard dash then 10 yards to 20 yards which is kind of the which is the uh, other section of a 40 yard dash mm-hmm. and then you do the transition phase and you go to the top end phase of a 40 yard dash and you learn to dissect it yard by yard mm-hmm. you see that's just education and then once you get to those certain phases, there's different techniques that your body position needs to be in during those times when you're running that 40 yard dash. It takes a lot of time, and it might seem a little bit frustrating. But the fact is, though, is that if you learn those little details, the smallest detail can be the biggest difference between a five one forty or a four four five. So, after one year of educating myself on how to run the 40 yard dash, how to run the pro agility, the L drill, and all of those of nature. Here's the, here's the funny part, I was 220 pounds my junior year, and I and I broke a I broke the 40 time record by running a 4:31. Dude,
0: that's amazing.
1: And I ran that at a Texas A&M football camp, and I was offered a scholarship the very next day. Yeah. So, simple fact of the matter is though, is all of that was done by by two ways: proper education on learning how to run all of those events. Um, number two, running them over and over and over again. You cannot escape good old-fashioned grit and, and hard work. You have to run. You have to practice it every day. You can and of course, take your proper days off for recovery, but nothing is going to escape good old-fashioned hard work but getting educated at the same time.
0: I love that man and that's the thing I wish so badly that um, whenever I was younger that more programs like this existed and that I would have been smart enough to take I don't know that I would have been wise enough to take advantage of them had they been there. But I, I, it, I am a little bit envious of this day and age where not only are these kids taking sports so much more seriously at such a younger age, but they have the opportunities to match that desire with actually making them smarter athletes as opposed to just good. You know, yeah, they've got the stamina, the strength, but making them smarter and more disciplined. I think that's fantastic. Now, let's talk about old farts like me that come to your facility. So I... You know, I don't do CrossFit. I'm 47 years old. I I, I I I admire the CrossFitters out there, and I know that you have some. I'm sure that train in there. It's great, but you know, I'm more about you know really good uh, mitochondrial health. I'm all about longevity. I'm all about you know ep, you know epigenetics and trying to get my biological clock, you know, way behind my chronological clock as far far as I can. I want to try to increase that delta in the right way as much as possible. So. That, to me, is where you have, and I, we talked about this the other day, to me, that's where the sweet spot is because guys like you and I that are getting older, but we're not going to give up our fitness, we want to be, you know, we're living longer. You know, you read the 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 research from Peter Atiyah to David Sinclair, all of them say we're living longer, but what, what you do in that age is, like we talked about the other day with Peter Atiyah, always talking about the uh, Centurion Olympics, is, you know, being able to be 100 but actually do something I think that's where a huge sweet spot is for you guys. So talk to the guy like me. That's like, okay, I want to take this thing to the next level. I don't need to increase my 40 time anymore, but I do need to increase my health into later age. So what happens, and what do you? What are some of the cool? And let's, you know, maybe this is a good time to like kind of walk through the facility, if you will. And so, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I'm going to give a little tour uh, that uh, that Brian's going to walk us through. And for those of you who are just listening on the show, by all means, go out to YouTube, the the Jason Wright Show, and you can watch. This facility is absolutely. Amazing. I mean, I'm serious. It was like walking into utopia for me the other day, dude. It was the first <laughs> time I'd ever been in there. I, I'm, I can walk to it from my house, and I'm like, oh my god, how have I never been in here? So anyway, Brian, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the facility. And you just kind of walk us through what we're looking at. Sure, Yeah. got
1: it. So this is the entryway, and you're coming up onto our energy system area, and this is our helmet wall from uh, sports medicine. We put up all of our helmets that we represent for all of our high schools. These are our TechnoGym skill mill, skill run, and our treadmill machines right here. We don't do a lot of cardio work. We train the energy systems um, for athletes and the general public, but we did bring in a lot of phenomenal machines from TechnoGym. Uh, we have a, a tank, and we also have a prowler, and this is 22 yards worth of indoor turf where we can do just movement. These are TechnoGym selectorized machines where you kind of go through a fixed range of motion for people who are just getting started. A lot of the people that we see are patients that have had procedures or people who are just getting started, who, whose training age is very young, so we'll start them off on less than 10 machines, such as selectorized, and uh, I think here in just a moment, you're going a 360 cable machine right there that is the cable 360 machine that techno gym has come out with it's basically a cable gym in itself and this is a different angle right here from the 22 uh, in yards of indoor turf and these are our kinesis cable machines right here which are kind of the next step of our selectorized machines this is phenomenal for yet again young kids or young training ages to get started going through table This is our standard cable machine right here that we use for all different kinds of movements, such as seated rows and lat pull-downs. And the great thing about this machine is it can go from a unilateral perspective as well. Now, these are our black iron strength dumbbells, which are magnetic, and we also have the kettlebells right there. And those handles rotate, which is easier on the wrists, and you just snap on a magnet onto those dumbbells right there, and they turn into a different one. These are our performance racks that are, yet again, from TechnoGym. So... I'm a big fan of Olympic racks because those are basically two gyms in themselves right there. And we also have rubber kilo weights for, for Olympic lifts. That is another one of our cable machines that we use to work the external rotators and uh, other areas of the body. These, This is our plate loaded equipment where our athletes and our uh, clients get to come in and just have some fun. You get to strap on a lot of weight and do a lot of volume and a lot of hypertrophy work and uh, just put on a lot of lean muscle mass and, uh, That is our glute ham raise machine for the posterior chain. Uh, That is our hip extension yet again for the glutes and the hamstrings and also the posterior chain. We have a standard leg press machine right there, which I am a huge fan of because you can attach bands to it. That is an Atlantis Pendulum Squat, and that is an Atlantis Belt Squat for people who do not know how to squat properly. That's kind of a teaching area where we can teach them how to uh, do their body mechanics. So that's the Christus Human Performance Center right there, and again, that was one of the first videos that we took, and we've now got some additional uh, equipment in there now, such as a fan bike, we have a skier, uh, we have a phenomenal rowing machine, and we brought in a lot more kettlebells and medicine balls, so um, it's evolved over the last few months.
0: All right, so one of, one of the things real quick that you mentioned that I think is so important for this audience, a lot of people... Will say that that aren't again that don't geek out on this stuff like you and I do, and they don't understand that because you mentioned a lot about uh, lean body mass and strength training, and you know less cardio, more strength. Talk to this listener, especially going kind of where this where I led into that tour. Those who, of us who are interested in longevity, yes, how sir. important lean muscle mass really is to that endeavor to be healthier in older age. Talk about the importance of that from a strength and conditioning standpoint.
1: From a strength perspective, I cannot stress this enough as a strength coach of over 20 years, you you can trust me on this one though. The older we get, the bone structure becomes a problem and strength training becomes more important the older we get after age 40 which means that you need to focus a little bit more i'm not saying for one moment in time that you should not train your heart and your lungs just as important just as much as uh, you should train anything else but it needs to not be as important strength training needs to become more of a, an important factor the older we get and I think that there's a little bit of a misconception out there because some people think that strength training doesn't really have a lot to do with health it actually does because it structurally balances the kinetic chain of our body so uh, let me kind of lead into this For someone like yourself, if you came into our facility, what we would do is we would start you off on what we call a structural balance assessment, which is something that is not offered here um, in East Texas. We are the first facility to be able to do it. Now, what we'll do is we are going to find out what areas of your body are unilaterally imbalanced are not activated properly. And we are going to fix those problems so you can continue doing the things that you do. And that is going to decrease your uh, age. For example, uh, for example, like um, if you are unilaterally imbalanced from the left side to the right side in your lower body, the structural balance data is going to tell us that, and we are going to use strength training to fix that imbalance, and therefore that is going to take away lower back pain. It's going to ease up your knee pain. It's going to ease up any issues that you might have that you thought might have been something else when quite simply it could have just been a strength deficiency, and therefore is going to help is going to make you better at your mountain bike riding, make you better at marathon running, or any recreational activity you do. One of the things that I love is that so many people after the age of 45 really love uh, getting into triathlons and playing golf. And our natural balance assessment is going to show us the data that is needed for you to move properly, but it's not just going to be about strength training. It's also going to tell us on what energy systems of your body from a conditioning perspective also needs work. So I cannot tell you how many clients I have had over the years that are over the age of 45 that are structurally imbalanced, left side to right side in the upper body and lower body, and with very weak cores, but their oxidative system in the heart and the lungs are sky high. They are just so great at endurance because they have been doing it for so long, but their phosphagen system and their glycolytic system, which in other words is their power muscles, have not been trained in 15 years, which means that they, they have a very hard time just getting from the car to... Um, to their office, or they have a hard time walking upstairs, or they have a hard time getting themselves ready to go play around to golf. But if you train those energy systems that way, with the proper data, with a proper strength coach, which is what we offer here at the Chrisus Human Performance Center, everything changes. And but it changes for the better. So that's what we do here at Chrisus.
0: Well, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, I may have this wrong, but one of your mentors, your teachers, uh, and an absolute legend in the fitness industry, Charles Charles Poliquin, he used to say his advice: get stronger, get stronger. That was what he would say: get stronger. And I think that uh, uh, Pavel Satsulin. Basically, the same sentiment get stronger. And, and pretty much everybody, Ben Greenfield, all these guys, Peter Tia, that I keep mentioning, these guys that are really interested in really dialing into longevity and, and health and wellness. And the, and the reason why is because of our bone density, it starts to deteriorate. And one of the things you kept saying there, I think you probably said no less than three times balance. You yes. know, I, I think, and you would have these statistics more than I would. I was listening to or reading something here recently that said that most of the injuries over, say, the age of 70 or whatever, are due to falls. People just lose their balance. They don't have the strength to support themselves, and they fall. And so yes. being able to endure those falls or not have them at all because you are balancing out the system and you understand that better, it that's where it really matters in old age. And one of the things that's cool, too, that you probably know better than I do, when I started looking at longevity seriously and the research on ultra-distance runners – and cyclists, there's not many. There's not many guys that were in the Tour de France that are centurions or close to it. They don't live as long. I mean, the ultra endurance marathoners. I, when you start getting brittle veins and that sort of thing, you know this this idea that if I just do hardcore cardio, then I'm good. Because I fell into that camp until I started really doing the research. I was like, wait a minute, because I don't want to be a meathead. I don't care about being jacked anymore at my age. I just want to be lean. And have a really, you know, high VO2 max, you know, I want my mitochondrial health to be just really strong. And so I was probably, I was way on the bottom end of strength training until I started discovering this. Now, another thing that you mentioned earlier that I really want to tackle in this uh, while, while I've got you, a lot of people dismiss sleep. They think. They say things like "I'll sleep when I'm dead." They say that they, <laughs> they 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 they. I mean, they wear it as a badge of honor that they're up at 4 a.m. regardless of what time they go to sleep. They don't monitor how late they're eating at night. That's one of the things that I always I said on this podcast. I don't know how many times anyone that asks me, you know, Jason, how do I drop some weight? The first thing I say, I'm all about keep it simple, stupid. The first thing I do is say. It's real simple. The first thing I'm going to tell you, do not eat anything within three hours of going to bed. So preferably don't eat a thing after 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and then don't eat anything else until 10 or 11 the next day. If you'll just start there, eat whatever you want. Keep eating your diet. I'm not going to sit here and give you a whole nutrition protocol. If you'll just do that, just close that window of when you're feeding and then enhance your sleep as a result of that, it makes such a difference. So talk about not only the importance of sleep, But, I mean, I'm sitting here. I want to take some notes. I want a better sleeping protocol to know that I'm going to sleep deeper. I want to increase my deep sleep, my REM sleep. I want that recovery to be as strong as possible. Brian, how to do it?
1: Well, first thing is this. Let me kind of answer that question by one thing, which is kind of funny. But when I moved to Chicago, you're right. I was uh, mentored by Charles Poliquin, by the late Charles Poliquin, and by the way, you know His principles are still alive to this day, so I still have to give a shout-out to Strengthsensei.com and uh, thank everybody who was there who was still doing his principles because he was a phenomenal mentor. I really enjoyed working for him. Um, but to answer your question, Jason, though, about sleep, everybody in the world asks me, of all of the athletes that I have trained, the general population that I have trained for over 15 years, they always ask me the same thing. What is the best supplement in the world? And, they, and I say, there is food. Food is the best supplement in the world, and then they say, "Hey Brian, um, how much? Uh, what's the best foam roller in the world?" And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean? Why, why do you want that?" And they said, "Well, what about a power plate?" And I'm like, "Well, what's that going to do?" For you? you know, the thing is, though, is that I'm not down downing these protocols. I love the power plate, and I love foam rolls. I do them every day, but they are asking, like, "Well, Brian, you know, I just want to find the best way to recover," and I say, "It's very simple: sleep." Everybody always wants to look at physical fitness. You got to look at it like a reverse pyramid where the base of the pyramid is up top and then you got the middle and then it just gets slower like this. Well, everybody wants to talk about training up top because it's the most exciting. Well, the fact is though, is that everybody, 90% of America, talks about training at the first at the top of the pyramid. Very little in the middle do they talk about nutrition because it's not as exciting because they feel once you talk about nutrition, you're going to take away all the foods that they love, which is totally false. And on the bottom, which is barely holding the pyramid up, just barely, that's when they want to talk about sleep because it's barely ever mentioned. Well, guess what? You have to reverse the pyramid. Sleep should actually be on the top of that pyramid being the primary, the first thing you do in order to be able to get yourself healthy. And then you've got to talk about nutrition because without sleep, without nutrition, the training is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to basically, I'm not going to say for one moment in time that it's not going to be a waste of your time. It won't be. You will be stronger. You will feel better, and you'll definitely get your endorphins going, but you will not see the results you want to see if your sleep is not where it needs to be and your nutrition protocols are not meeting the needs of your lifestyle. So the best way to get proper sleep is this. You have to allow yourself to go to sleep at the same time every night. That is rule number one. Now, of course, on the weekends, if you give yourself a little bit of an opportunity to go out and socialize or things of that nature, yeah, it might be thrown off every once in a, every once in a while. And that's fine. But as long as you stick to a consistent schedule, that's primary rule number one when it comes to sleep. Rule number two, avoid the cell phone. A lot of people nowadays are looking at their cell phones at night. They'll read news stories, things of that nature. My advice would be to get the room as dark and as cold as possible, but read words on a page. Reading a book right before I go to sleep is one of my favorite hobbies that I've had ever since I went back to graduate school at UT Tyler. And I am asleep within a matter of 10 to 15 minutes, but I'm also reading so many books that I just love. And I am out like a light because, uh, it's actually been proven that light from a cell phone can actually disturb your REM, your sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. After that, you need to allow yourself to go to sleep. That's where it's going to give you an invention of time to get seven to nine hours of sleep a night if you were the general public. But if you're an athlete, you have to understand because you're going to, athletes go through a little bit more physical trauma uh, from a professional or just a recreational standpoint, they need about eight to ten hours of sleep. Sometimes, like uh, actors who are training for a movie role where they need to get as uh, big and as huge as possible, sometimes they even require, and even Olympians, they require 10 to 12 hours of sleep a night. So the point that I'm trying to make, though, when it comes to sleep, you have to allow yourself not only the hormones of your body, but your brain activity has has to recover, and that is going to happen primarily through sleep. And then when it comes to nutrition, you're not going to you're not going to want to put 87 octane fuel into a big, huge uh, Ford Raptor. You're going to want to put 93 octane in there so it can do what it, so we it can tow uh, everything from behind and do what it's meant to do. The human body is the exact same way. You have to put in proper octane fuel into your body for the hormones and the structures of your body to be able to sleep properly, and then you worry about the training. Yeah. So that's kind of what my view is on that one.
0: Do you do, uh, or do you recommend any other supplementation like niacin or anything to to help with your sleep, to what you know to clear hypoxia or anything like that, or are you just are you pretty much just straightforward, just as long as you're eating right and getting the amount of sleep you should, uh, is that kind of your protocol? Do you have any recommendations there?
1: My protocol when it comes to sleep is uh, we, uh, because I work with the sleep labs, I've really become much more educated on what doc- sleep doctors actually do. So if I'm working with a client, what I do is I kind of give them the uh, protocols on, on uh, my sleep patterns to help get their natural sleep ready. I always say, let's try to get the schedule done first. See if we can just kind of clean up your normal uh, sleep protocols first and then let's work on your nutrition, see if that helps, change what time you go to sleep, but if you're still having some issues, when it comes to sleep, I do not recommend any supplementation, because I'm not a doctor. Yeah. At that moment, what I would recommend is that uh, if, uh, you're, if uh, you haven't changed your sleep habits, if or excuse me, if you've changed your sleep habits, if you are uh, not looking at the cell phone, and if you are doing that, and you've gotten a nutrition plan going for about a month or so, and you're still having problems, it might be time for a sleep study. So then I would that they go to a sleep doctor and uh, have a sleep study um, done and see if maybe they're suffering from maybe a a possible case of sleep apnea. Uh, Is something happening within their sleep that they're just not able to get into REM without them knowing? Sometimes going to a sleep doctor can be the healthiest thing that they have ever done. I have had many clients that have gone to sleep doctors and have gotten on a CPAP machine, and they lost 30 pounds in a matter of three months just because they were able to sleep better.
0: Yeah, that's what's pretty mind-blowing, too. I was just reading a study. Well, actually, it was, no, it was uh, Mark Devine, uh, who has SilFit, and he was talking about how it, it can be as, as little as 30, to, uh, 30 minutes to an hour of sleep deprivation over the course of a year can do exactly what you just said. It can add as much as 15 pounds of extra body weight that you don't want because it does jack up your hormones. And also talk a little bit about from your experience, because one of the things I harp on a lot, I've written articles about it. I've talked about in this podcast, the circadian rhythm, and basically getting in touch with the way our body was designed. And as Dr. Gus Vic, uh, Vickery out in um, Asheville, North Carolina, that's been on the show he talked about, I, I've used this several times. I love it. He said, you know, anything that has been designed for a purpose that design must be honored, and when it comes to the circadian rhythm, the way our bodies were designed, they're meant to function in such a way that went, like you said, looking at that blue light at night in your body thinking that it's daytime is going to completely reset your circadian rhythm, right? So how important have you found it to, to, for people to just kind of at least have a, a surface-level understanding of the circadian rhythm and when we're supposed to eat? when we're supposed to sleep to get the greatest yield for those functions?
1: Well, when it comes to the circadian rhythm, so much of sleep hygiene, I guess you could say, or sleep patterns or basically sleep protocols, so much of it is individual. Now, different people, now, when it comes to the circadian rhythm, yes, our, the human body is meant for the, a specific purpose. Now, and uh, they, it is meant that it does need to go to sleep at a certain time. When it's dark outside, the body naturally is going to believe that it needs to go to sleep. That is true. However, there are some people in America that actually do have night jobs. Shift work, yeah. Have to change things up a little bit, though. But it doesn't mean for one second, though, that things cannot be adjusted. But the circadian rhythm can be individualized, but only to a certain extent. You always have to honor the the human body. If you don't honor the human body, let me tell you something, it's not going to honor you. If you take care of it from a nutrition protocol, it is not going to honor you back. When it comes to sleeping, if you do not give it the proper uh, sleep protocols the whole rhythm of the body is going to be thrown off. The brain hormones are gonna be thrown off. The body hormones are gonna be thrown off. Everything is just gonna be kind of going all over the place. So the fact is though, that is kind of when it comes to the circadian rhythm, at least in my opinion, is that you have to individualize your lifestyle, but more than anything, you have to take your lifestyle, write it down and you have to ask yourself, okay, what is going to be the best time for me to try to get the best opportunity to go into REM sleep and to get the the amount of time I need to get proper recovery and proper sleep. So that's kind of like, like, like you said, you know, the kiss perspective of keep it simple, Sally. I try to tell everybody that when it comes to your lifestyle, you have to adjust sleep according to your individual lifestyle. But I always say the same thing. It is seven to nine hours of sleep for the general population, eight to 10 for athletes and even longer. If you're an Olympian.
0: And one of the things too, that I know a bunch of guys that are like around my age, when you get over 40, one of the first things that a physician is going to do, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, I'm just saying it's just a thing right now. The One of the first things they're going to do is test your testosterone levels and they're going to want to say either injections or pellets or something. However, talk a little bit about the impact for guys, I'm just going to be, don't don't let me be crass here, but. Guys, if you're losing your desire, if you can't get it up, you know, sleep can help. Am I right about that?
1: You are correct on that. I've always been a big believer that you need to try the natural thing first. Now, doctors have every right whatsoever, and I appreciate this, believe me, to say this can help from a medical perspective. Uh, but I've always been a big believer that if it's an an immediate emergency or urgent need, then you need to go the doctor's route, and you need to say yes, absolutely. Well, then maybe I should take some injections. But um, let me kind of uh, let me kind of feed off that for a minute. One of the people that I very much admire, I just recently read "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Yeah, yeah. What I love about his book is that. He had so many issues after he was done with all the amazing accomplishments he had from a physical perspective. And then, but he never stretched. Yeah. And suddenly, one day, it was almost as if he felt like his life was about to end, and then suddenly he just started stretching a little bit and started recirculating his body. But before he went and did all of these medical procedures that were being uh, thrown his way, he tried the natural thing first to try to gain more range of motion. And the next thing you know, he was back on ultra marathon running within about a year after his body started getting recirculated. However, with all the trauma he put himself through, which uh, again, if he hears me saying this again, more power to him. I admire him. Uh, what he has done is great and more power to him for finding the natural way that worked for him. But Jason answered your question about the, about the testosterone perspective. Yes. Try to find foods that will increase your testosterone, a lot of fruit, a lot of protein, and don't be afraid of getting a lot more vegetables in there. Balance your food out without a doubt. And then at that point in time, you've got to try to get your sleep under control because if you do it the natural way and get yourself naturally healthy, that's the best way to approach it at the very beginning, in my opinion.
0: I could not agree more, man. And I can tell you, you know, again, not to uh, not to d- divulge too much information. Mrs. Wright would, you know, not be, be pleased with me on, in that regard. But the bottom line is, since I really, like, I do not drink any alcohol. And, I, again, I've said this before on the podcast. I have no problem. I mean, I grew up in a drinking family. I, I have, I see no problem with having a drink. But just whenever I decided to try to be, as young biologically as I could possibly be, and to be as clear-headed and to really get serious about trying to kind of crack that Benjamin Button code, if you will, is I I just abrogated all drinking. And then whenever I started really getting serious about the nutrition, which I've always eaten pretty well, but really dialing into those things, I can tell you one of the single biggest changes has been my testosterone levels, my uh, uh you know again and everything that means i mean you know look i mean it's it this is again to the audience we're talking medically here it's it is scientific but it it some of it can sound kind of crass but there is uh when when dudes wake up in the morning and they're healthy and their testosterone levels are a certain level there's uh there's something that happens <laughs> to the to their to their to their, to their Region that, and whenever that is, whenever you you wake up, I mean, uh, Joel Green was on uh, Mark Bell's podcast not too long ago, and Joel's a, a mentor of mine. He's like, yeah, you want morning wood. The bottom line is, it, you want morning wood, and the older you are, and you're still having morning wood. Again, folks, disclaimer: I'm not trying to be crass. This isn't meant to be funny. It's 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 just medically true. Then that means that things are working better, and I can tell you. I just, as a healthy guy that really decided to get serious about it, it has been such a game changer, and that goes back to what you guys are doing at the Human Performance Center. That I want, I want guys my age to know that, okay, if you have the beer gut, if you if you are if you're not if you haven't had morning wood since you in, since you were in college, if you are not able to get out and walk without getting out of breath. That doesn't mean you can't start to reverse that process with some of the protocols that you're talking about, Brian. Like, just start with good sleep, eating the right things. If you if you still want to have drinks, no problem, but don't do it after 8 o'clock, except maybe on the weekends or whatever, right? I mean, I have seen such a dramatic change in my—and this is a guy—I mean, I mean, we talked about, it, you know, uh, me, you, Cooney, all of us that have been around Tyler for a long time— I've been working out forever, but when you take it to the next level and then to have a facility like yours and coaching like what you guys are offering to partner with these middle-aged warriors, dude, you can literally take, at least from a feeling standpoint, years off of your life. I mean, right? I mean, you don't have to settle for wherever you are, wherever that is right now. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I cannot agree with you more. The fact of the matter is, though, is that uh, once you get a little bit older, Strength training can actually give you that feeling of accomplishment, but more than anything, it can put all of your hormones back in the right place. Believe it or not, one of the best natural ways to increase testosterone and just to increase just your overall feeling of feeling better is strength training. And when you come to the Christmas Human Performance Center, after you get your structural balance assessment the strength coaches are then going to have the proper data on how to train you as an individual. Whether you're a male who's looking to improve his golf game, a female who's just looking to just uh, feel a little bit healthier, or if you're a triathlete that is looking to literally uh, better their times, or if you were about to become an elite-level college football player that is going to be the next Dak Prescott in the NFL, well, then we can do it all. Everything we do at the Human Performance Center is like a compass. Whatever direction you want to go, we are going to be able to give you the tools to go there because everything we do is based on your data. So, but the thing is that kind of answer your question though, about when it comes to the individualization of it though, yes, if you want to kind of feel like you are reversing the aging process, we are going to be there to help create better mobility throughout the entire body. Cause the data is going to tell us on whether or not you need to be moving through fuller ranges of motion. If you need to be stretching more, if you need to be doing different kinds, certain kinds of exercises Everything is going to be based on not only performance enhancement, but it all begins with health. You have to be healthy for, for to be able to uh, do performance enhancement through sports and just everything you do outside of the gym.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, that I love about what's going on at the Human Performance Center is, and you and I talked about this last week, uh, physicians just do not have the opportunity to be with you every step of the way. You come in, and usually, unfortunately – unless you go get your your normal physical or whatever you're going because something's gone wrong and all they can do is given their workload they're going to diagnose and prescribe or and that prescription may not be in the form of a drug it may be hey here's some activities you need to do to to you know to get that VO2 max up or whatever the case may be but they need a functional health coach or someone beside them you know, you and I, we eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. I mean, this is why I, I, the, my podcast has taken this direction. I love this. And so, this is the closest I don't golf. I don't do anything else. I don't, my closest thing to a hobby is health and wellness and learning about, you know, the, the human body and anatomy and how to, you know, optimize it to the highest degree. But most people, they're living their lives, man. They're, they're practicing law. They're, they're an accountant. They're, they're working on cars. And so, to be able to have the ability to, hear this, but then a facility is kind of walk them alongside it. Dude, I mean, that's just, and again, it's not just about going and getting a trainer. No, I think it's a functional coach that can tell you every aspect and then have the facility to walk you through it. It's kind of, I mean, I, I cannot more highly encourage people to take advantage of whether it's at Christus or not, just jump in and you will feel better. You just, your life will be better. You'll be happier. Your moods will be better. Um, you know, the whole improve always and always, a huge part of that is to try to. I, I hope that, you know, people hear me go on about this stuff and go, eh, maybe I'll try some of that because your life will be better. And bottom line is, I'm selfish. If, if I want to be around people that are happy, so I want everybody to get in shape and find joy and be spiritually, mentally, physically well because they'll just be better. If I happen to bump into them, they'll be a lot better to be around, dude. So. <laughs>
1: How ironic that you said that, Jason, because uh, when I was in Chicago, I was actually going crazy on trying to find a recreational activity. And uh, what was funny is that uh, my brother actually uh, started running warrior dashes. <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, the Warrior Dash, unfortunately, is no longer around, but uh, I didn't realize what it was, and he kind of explained to me that it was an obstacle course race, and I was like, oh, that's it, I'm going to go sign up for one. And then a friend of uh, my wife's at the time mentioned something called a Tough Mudder, and this is when the Tough Mudder was brand new. Well, uh, as crazy as this is going to sound, I just signed up for it. I just oh, wow. went the way. Signed up for it, didn't really research it, and then we drove to Wisconsin, which was about an hour away at a ski resort that didn't have any snow on it at the time. And I'm thinking that this thing is only going to be about maybe you know maximum three to five miles. As crazy as this was, I just signed up, didn't really research it. By well, anyway, the then my brother called me and uh, asked uh, and heard that I was going to be doing this, and I told him I was running the Tough Mudder, and he was like, "Are you crazy?" I was like, "What are you talking?" about? And he was like, "Brian, those are 15 miles, yeah. those time and." I almost had a panic attack. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> but I went ahead and ran it, took me about four hours to do it. But where I was so proud was I completed every obstacle with a grade of a hundred percent. I didn't fall off any of the balance bars. I got through all the monkey bars and my life changed dramatically at that point because I decided to stop focusing on just strength, power, and speed. Yeah. I decided, putting more of a focus on endurance and stamina, work capacity, flexibility, all kinds of things. So I just wanted to become, as much as I could at that time, the complete athlete to be able to do OCRs. So I dedicated myself to Tough mutters Spartan Races, Warrior Dashes, and everything. And it was wonderful. But there's another lesson to be made in that. Like you said earlier about how that we have a lot of attorneys, accountants, and people that are sitting down all day that just sometimes – unfortunately, don't feel like they have the time to be able to take care of themselves from a physical standpoint. Well, I was a 20-year veteran strength coach that got a phone call from an administrator at a hospital. And they were just like, we need a different kind of set of eyes on our sports medicine and health and fitness program. Would you like to you know, be a part of this? Well, in my opinion, all of the training that I did for these OCRs gave me the courage to say yes to do that. And what I did when I first started this job is when I would get assignments, it took a long time that I was not used to to get these assignments done, but I started training for endurance. And so my mindset started saying, if I can train for an obstacle course race that is 15 miles long and have that kind of endurance to do that, I can get this project done. If if they said they need it in six weeks, but it might actually take six months, I have the mental endurance to be able to do that. Same thing if there is a project that needs to be done immediately that just came up right away, well, guess what? I train for speed. I train for that. Well, then I can easily get this project done as fast as possible. The point is, though, is that you can take these training principles from the physical standpoint. And if you train for something specific, well, then you can easily put it into your business as well. And it's going to turn you into a better lawyer. It's going to turn you into a better accountant. It's going to turn you into a better parent. It's going to turn you into anything that you want. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is that here at Chris's Training Mother, for instance, that's what we teach. We don't just teach you that everything we do here for the sole purposes of just training to train you. We are trying to show you what you are capable of both in and out of the training facility so you can continue the journey with whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish. One of our trademarks here is that we are with you for the journey. Mm
0: brother you're talking my language there you were talking my language because that's the thing we were we are built for struggle we're built for battle and let's face it by, by God's grace, we don't have to run out of a cage and avoid the saber-toothed tiger to hunt our food and everything. But the bottom line is, we were designed to do that. And we're in a habitat now that is pretty cushy, pretty comfortable. You know, you can go crush a thousand calories in five minutes of the, and you can go get it in the air conditioning of your car. You don't even have to exert any energy. And that's a blessing. But with that, people need to realize exactly what you said: that we are capable of so much more in that physical training, it pulls it out of you, and it can be applied. I think going back to Goggins, and, and that's a great book recommendation too, can't hurt me. David Goggins, the dude is on another level. He's an animal, one of the best books I've ever read, uh, and just I, I couldn't more highly recommend it, With which brings me to kind of as we wrap this thing up. Sure. Would you? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a voracious reader. I read a book a week, uh, you know, so what are some of the things that you do outside of, of your vocation, like we just talked about, what are you doing to keep the instrument sharp as far as your mind, you know, your, your spiritually, what, what are some of your daily protocols that you do to make sure that you are constantly maintaining an optimized life, and by all means, tell me some of your favorite reads, either presently or past.
1: Well, I'm an avid reader. There is absolutely no doubt about that. But here's the funny part. I didn't become a real big avid reader until I went back to graduate school.
0: Same.
1: Back to Tyler's. See, the funny thing is, though, is that I learned uh, very early that I need to learn the language of a hospital administrator. So, uh, in my late 30s, I decided to go back and get my MBA in executive healthcare from UT Tyler. So, that's where I started doing so much more reading because I didn't have a choice. I needed to learn the language of hospital administration. But the older I got, the more I became, I was like, you know what? It is amazing. Um, when it comes to how much information, how much inspiration you can get from these books, uh, so if I have any recommendations at this point in time, I would have to say that uh, anything uh, from um, I think Mark uh, Mark Divine is the one who wrote Seal. Uh, um, he he wrote uh, Eight Weeks to Seal Fit, correct? Uh, yeah, Mark?
0: that's it. Yeah, Mark Divine. Yeah, yeah, just you know what's crazy? I have just recently discovered Mark Divine. I, I mean, I I eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff, and. I'm like, how? And I don't even know how who introduced me to Mark Divine, but I'm like, this dude's a stud. And if I'm, I think he's 58 now. And I'm like, dude, if I look like that and I can do what Mark's doing at 58, God, I'm crushing
1: it. Right. Uh, but he wrote a book about uh, staring into the. Uh, I believe. I can't believe it. this is terrible on my part, though. But uh, it was like uh, something about, um, like something about about staring into the eyes of a wolf or something. I like and. It. All of his books are absolutely incredible. I have read uh, areas of his books forever. But Jocko Wellnick is also one of my favorites. Well, I love Jocko Wellnick. But I have read all kinds of leadership tactics when it comes to military. So, um, learning about, uh, you know, reading lone survivor, reading, uh, all different kinds of stories about Navy SEALs, about special forces and the way they took all of their leadership that they learned through all of their training and not just putting it into military, but putting it into the real world is something I would highly recommend. Yeah. Your uh, ship is a, is a uh, phenomenal book as well. Another book that I've also really gotten into recently is, uh, Robert Green. Yeah. Uh, he wrote Forty-eight laws of power. I read that uh, less than two weeks, yeah. and I love his books. I just got recently got done with mastery. I'm just getting started on the laws of human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that are just fun. But at the same time, allow yourself the opportunity to read uh, just standard fiction stories. I just love reading. I love alternating, uh, alternating is something that can really just improve your life and uh, improve your business. But also allow yourself the opportunity to read these old books from Edgar Allan Poe. I just recently got started on The Count of Monte Cristo. I love it. And little things like that, though, just allow yourself to read all of these fun books and things of that kind of nature, but, uh, to answer your question, what do I do on a daily basis to keep that going? I love to read, but I'm an avid outdoorsman. I love being out in the woods. I have a hunting property out in Louisiana that I try to go to as often as possible. It's my safe haven. I just love being out in the woods and I love doing manual labor on our hunting property. And, um, I just love being outside and, um, I'm also an avid mountain biker. I, play, I played the drums ever since I was ever since I was six years old, and I'm a big believer in work-life balance. If you don't give yourself the opportunity to laugh every single day and smile at what you're doing um, outside of work or when you're with your family or things of that nature, you've got to give yourself that opportunity to just be yourself for for a certain amount of time every day. If you don't, if you, if every, if every moment of your life every day feels like business, you're going to get burned out. You got to give yourself the opportunity to kind of regroup and ask yourself, you know, I've got to do the things that I'm doing all this other stuff for.
0: Yeah. I, I, I could not agree more. And you know, it's funny. So I just realized who introduced me to Mark Divine. It was uh, Josh Tomlin, Unbeatable Mind. And it has on the cover of him, if you can see it on here, right there. That's why you said the wolf, because he's staring in the eye of a wolf. Yeah, I, I'm like, I recognize that. I was like, oh, yeah, Josh Tomlin gave me that book. I haven't read it yet. But now and it's funny because he gave me the book. And then somewhere, Mark Devine snuck into my my subconscious. And so now I'm going to have to actually go read that book. But uh, and I'm like you, man. I think going back to the classics doesn't just, it's not just for the entertainment sake, but also, you know, reading is push ups for your brain. And when I was uh, in Mexico this past week, I just read uh, Light of August, William, one of William Faulkner's most, you know, profound works. Dude, I mean, just it's it's so it was so good. And then I've reread uh, the Art of Impossible. If you have not picked up any of Stephen Kotler's stuff, uh, I've got one right here that I'm doing some research. I'm using for research. Uh, what I do with it? The Rise of Superman on flow, you know, and uh, and then Bold, his book by he and Peter Diamantis. I think you would totally dig those. And then of course the Robert Greene Library. You're you're right on. You know that was Ryan Holiday's mentor, and you know all of Ryan Holiday's. Books are, are are phenomenal if you like stoicism that sort of thing. So sounds to me like dude we could sit down and just have a have a powwow about some good books,
1: dude. We need to do that sometime. Oh, I, one of the ones that i recommend highly and this one's uh, I have a, over here. We're in my office right now, and I have an entire section of books right over here. But one of them that I would recommend is uh, First Fast Fearless by Ed Heiner. This one is one of the leadership books that I've read based on basically taking the leadership of Navy SEALs and uh, putting it into the real world. But this was one of my favorites. There's so many things in here just kind of really just, you know, just when you get triggered, when you read something and it triggers you, highlight it, write it down, and uh, just try to use it as inspiration. But this was one one that really got got my attention, so I really enjoyed it.
0: All right. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. And I have not read that one. So I'm going to order it as soon as we hang As soon as we get this uh, conversation of first fast fearless. That was that it by fine? and Heiner. Yeah. Heiner. Okay. Very good. All right, brother. What else do we need to cover? Dude, we covered some ground.
1: Uh, we, we sure did. Um, I guess maybe from a closing perspective on here is first off, Jason and everybody who is going to be, uh, watching or re- or listening to this podcast. First off, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity for this though. But, uh, One of the things that I would like to conclude, though, about all of this, though, for me, is that um, I was a kid who grew up in Tyler, Texas, uh, who... Once he scored one touchdown when he was in seventh grade, when he had pneumonia, suddenly he had a, uh, I had a vision of playing football for as long as I possibly could, as long as my body would allow me to. And I got so lucky at such a young age to know what I really wanted to do. And, during, and because of all of that, I trained for years. Three times a day. I would run sprints in the morning. I would train with my teammates in the middle of the day. And then I would go and train with a coach um, at a private gym uh, to, about with Olympic lifting and strength training. And I would run hundreds of sprints a week and educating myself on how I could become the best athlete I possibly could. But at the same time, I always balanced myself to always have fun. But all of those uh, lessons I learned back then, I took to Texas A&M, and when I got injured, um, those lessons came right back into my mind yet again when my legs felt numb for months because of my injury. So I had to kind of transfer all of those lessons to... To rehabbing myself back to health again, and I got so lucky because I got into bodybuilding for about three years, and I recovered from my back injury. Couldn't take you know the you know hard trauma to the shoulders from football, but I was still able to be in the gym and make friends, having fun, smiling, and having the courage to stay at a school like Texas A and M. And I just could not have been. and It gave me the courage to. Um, get my master's degree at the University of Southern Miss, have the courage to go after a job that I loved, which was uh, being a strength and conditioning coach and a personal trainer. I got to work with Scott Bennett, who's now the president of the CSCCA, Mike Clark, who was a Super Bowl champion, who was at and for many, many years, and Super Bowl for the Seattle Seahawks. And on top of that, I really give training and taking care of myself physically, giving me the mental courage to contact a guy like Tom Shaw. And getting the opportunity to go and work for him for almost a year and being a part of his program for so, for so long as I was, he is now a friend. I mean, you, sometimes you have to have the courage just to say yes. And I was done with uh, Coach Shaw, when I was done, I then had the courage to leave the South and move to the Midwest to Chicago where I was an unknown strength coach at a private facility with Charles Pollockman. Now, not only that, I had the courage to say I would like to work with Coach Poggin personally, ask him questions, get to know his methodologies. But also I had the courage to still have a learning mind. I had worked with so many great people up to that point in time, I could have easily just turned off the learning section of my mind and say I'm done. But I didn't know enough about strength training at that point, so I wanted to learn from the best. So that's where Coach Poliquin came into play. And uh, I took out all of his methods, and uh, they are, they're now with me to this day. But all of those methods from Coach Clark, Bent, Coach Shaw, and Coach Poliquin are here at the Christus Trinity Mother Francis Health System. That's what we do here. But we teach all of the, so much of our people through physical training to have the courage to go out and say yes. And um, the thing is, though, is that also after all of those years, of uh, being a strength coach, especially in Chicago, I worked with the Chicago Bears, the Blackhawks, the Cubs. I got to meet the Reinsdorf family that owns the uh, White Sox as well as the uh, Chicago Bulls. So many opportunities came up in Chicago to the point where I got to become friends with the most powerful family in Chicago. And it was just an honor to for everything that we did there, but it was all done by just having the courage to say yes. And then... More than anything, one of the scariest phone calls I ever got was saying that, Mr. Thompson, we would like to hire you at Chris's Trinity Mother Francis as a hospital administrator. And here I am, a strength coach of of a little over 15 years and no experience. But, again, having the courage to say yes and then coming here and kind of taking all of those um, lessons that have come from from beginning with strength training and speed training and taking all of those details – and now here we are, six years later, and uh, now this human performance center has now become a reality. Our sports medicine program has tripled, and we are now in Sulphur Springs, by the way, which we weren't, which we were, we weren't about three years ago. So um, we are so happy about that. We're now in Texarkana, we're now in Longview. We're expanding like crazy. We our new orthopedic building is up. So my advice to everybody out there is to just no regrets. Every day you've got to go to sleep saying you've got to have no regrets. And uh, always have the courage to say yes, even if it's out of your comfort zone.
0: Amen, brother. Amen to all that. And yes, thank you for mentioning my my hometown of Sulphur Springs, which I love and adore, dude. I am so proud of my hometown. So yes, I'm glad you guys oh. are there. And man, thanks for this time, Brian. This was awesome. All right. So oh,
1: sit, absolutely, dude even uh, contacted me after I got in touch with you, I couldn't be more honored to be a part of the show, Jason. So I can't thank you enough. Cause uh, like I said, so we, I know we have a lot of um, people that we both know here in Tyler and uh, couldn't have said enough good things about you. So the fact that you even gave me the opportunity to be on this though, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Brother. Well, you're not going to be a stranger to the show. I'll be bugging you to get on here again and sit hope- tight, sit tight. I'm going to give a little sign off for the YouTube channel. Hey, folks, if you happen to be watching this on the YouTube channel, please click subscribe. Put some comments in there to get the algorithms going. I'd be greatly appreciative. And also, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're listening to the podcast. This has been an incredible, incredible conversation with Brian Thompson. Brian, thank you so much for being here. And thank you, folks, for joining us today on The Jason Wright Show. And remember, no matter what you're doing, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, always endeavor to improve always in always. He's Brian, I'm Jason, and
1: we are out. Thanks.